time spent, the days at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in wilderness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfil its lusts. Amen. So three parts that I want to look at this morning. And uh, the first part is to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to stop sleeping, okay? Why do we need to do this? Because there's a battle going on. This is a concept between darkness and light, all right? And how do we fight this battle? We fight it by putting on Christ, okay? Putting on the armour of light and putting on Christ. There's certain things that we need to put off, and there's other things that we need to put on. So let's have a look at this. So we need to wake up. Verse 11. And it begins by, and do this. And do what? What is Paul referring to? Paul is talking to Christians here. What is he referring to? Chapter 13 is all about um, uh, submitting to authority, to the government, and, and, and then about loving thy neighbor. So what is Paul referring to? Well, to get an idea, let's look at the word. Let's go back a few verses uh, to verse 18, uh, verse 8. Um, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, uh, are, all summed, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilment of the law. So Paul is referring to love, to love one another. And what did Jesus say about uh, love? Well, many times he referred um, to love, the love commandment. In John uh, 13, 14, it reads, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then further in Matthew 22, 39, Jesus again, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. And where does Jesus get this from? Where, where is this coming from? Well, if you possibly if you look back to Leviticus, okay? So Leviticus is in the, the Old Testament, it's at the front of the, the Bible, and uh, just after Exodus and that. So um, I don't know about you, but Leviticus is not possibly one of my favourite books to read. It's not the easiest thing to read through. Um, the rest of my Bible is full of markings and stuff, and I mean, even Genesis has come apart here. But Leviticus, I've got many markings in. Um, I've read it many times through, but uh, sometimes it's good to just listen to it on audio to, to read through it. But Leviticus chapter um, 19, verse 18, it reads, You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. The Old Testament is so important. It points to Christ. Okay. So coming back to our um, coming back to our text, this kind of love that Paul's referring to here is agape love, agape love. Okay. And it's not a, a friendly kind of love. It's a sacrificial kind of love. And what Paul is saying here in these 
uh, verses preceding um, uh, verse 11 is that love is a summary of God's moral rules. Okay? And Paul goes through some of the, the Ten Commandments there, the personal relationship kind of ones, and he's saying that love covers them all. You love one another, you fulfill the law. See, love covers every social duty and commandments that are fundamental in human relations. <clears throat> love covers every social duty and commandments that are fundamental in human relations. Okay? But we need to be careful. Okay? I know Pastor John likes that word, but. But we need to be careful. It does not give us the liberty to break one of these uh, commandments from time to time in the name of love. Okay? That's not scriptural. Um, some churches today preach just about love, okay, the love of God. Okay, they don't mention anything about sin. And they accept different kind of lifestyles into their churches. They allow different things to go on. Again, that's not scriptural, okay? God is love, yes, God is love, but he's fair and he's just. And he hates sin and he must punish sin. And the punishment that he subscribed for sin is eternity in hell. Okay? Um, and so but he doesn't want to see anyone perish, as we saw on the video clip there. Okay? Um, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, so praise the Lord for that. Okay? And it goes on here, and do this knowing the time. What time is Paul referring to? Is it Fiji time? Have you heard of Fiji? Fiji time is very slow. Is it Fiji time? Is it Kiwi time? Is it South African time? Aussie time? What kind of time is Paul referring to? Well, Paul talks a lot about the present age and the age to come. And here in the Greek, it's talking about the season. It's a season. Time refers to a season. Okay? And here, it's talking about the return of Jesus Christ. It's intimate. It's very close. Okay? And he's saying that knowing the time. See, if we don't know the time, then there's no urgency. There's no understanding of what's going, what we're about to read. Okay? So we need to know the time. We need to want to be found faithful in Christ's returns. Amen? So we need to wake up. We need to be alive. We need to get out of our sleep. When do we do this? What does the Bible say? Let's continue on. And do this during the time that tomorrow is high time. Is that what your Bible says? That tomorrow is high time? <coughs> that next week is high time? No. The Bible says that now, now it is time. Okay? Right now. Again, there's that sense of urgency. Okay? There's that sense, sense of Getting up, waking up now, get out of your slumber. Stop sleeping, Christians, okay? Stop sleeping and be alive. Get rid of that let fudge lip, the fudge yeah. Stop being the fudge, okay? Stop being the fudge, okay? Uh, wake up. Um, Isaiah chapter 60, i just read this, verse 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. Isaiah right, 61. Here we go. Verse 60. Uh, chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Now, I don't know about you, but um, school holidays are about a week away or so. And many parents I talk to, they don't like school holidays because they have to get the kids occupied with different things. I love school holidays. Why? Because I'm the one in the family that has to get the kids up out of there five days a week, eight of them, to go to school 
or seven of them to go to school, uni, or whatever it may be. I have to tell them to wake up, to get up, and it, it's a battle sometimes. The younger ones aren't too bad. The, the teenagers, they struggle a few times. We have to, you know, wake up, wake up. The older one, uni, forget about it, okay? A few grunts and an hour or two later, come back, okay? But we need to wake up. So I love the school holidays because we don't have to get them to wake up. So in a physical sense, we need to wake up from time to time, yeah? Um, in a spiritual sense, so Paul is saying that we need to wake up, okay? We, if our walk with Christ, we need to be awake, okay? So I put it on to you this morning that some of us are asleep, okay? Some of us are asleep. In the church and Christians around the Western world in particular, asleep. So you might be here today or maybe listening, we're asleep, okay? Some may not be here this morning, maybe they're asleep. So we need to wake up. Here in Australia, we've got it very easy. We're free to worship and praise the Lord and pray. Um, we have, really, seriously, we have very little persecution, okay? Yes, the words that people say, and some legislation that may be coming in, things like that, but really, we are free to worship the Lord, okay? On the flip side of that, we have brothers in China, in Russia, in Eastern Europe, Middle East, and parts of Africa who are being persecuted, okay? They are awake, they are alive for Christ, and there's real persecution there, okay? They're being tortured for Christ. They're being jailed, and they're dying for Christ. Why? Because they believe in Christ Jesus. Because they will not stop proclaiming the name of Jesus. They won't renounce their faith. So the question I have for you this morning, would you be prepared to do that? And quite, quite often we say, oh yes, I'll do whatever it takes for Jesus. But your lifestyle is telling me no. Okay? We need to wake up, brothers. We need to wake up, sisters. We need to do that. So the underground church, you've all heard of the underground church in China, okay? And to be a pastor there, you're not considered a pastor unless you've done three years of jail. You need to be awake, you need to be alive, you need to stop sleeping. There was a missionary in the US who uh, was able to get into the underground church there and visit there and um, was able to go to a uh, conference of leaders, um, about 100 or so. And this was out in the, had to be out in the, um, in the bush, in the jungle, the countryside of China. Uh, a few hours from anywhere because they had to be hidden and he was smuggled, you know, he had to uh, lie down on the floor of the minibus they were in so that no one could see his foreigner with them. Um, and so they, he, he got to this conference of, uh, of pastors and church leaders of the underground church there and uh, he was trying to find out about persecution and asking them a lot of questions about things. And it came towards the end of, end of the conference after uh, three or four days and he asked them, do you have any questions for me? And the first question that they asked him, um, surprised him, they, they asked him, do people where you come from know about Jesus? And he said, well, yeah, in the US, you know, we have a lot of people who call themselves Christians and they believe in Jesus. So they were amazed at that, the, the, the Chinese, and, and said, well, we'll have to pray for them. And so the second question that they, they had, and the second question back with this missionary, the second question that they had them was, well, okay, so, there's Christians who believe in Jesus in, in the US and in other places of the world. We must pray for them, so they must be, be um, persecuted just like us. You know? And so they ask, are they being jailed for Jesus? Are they spending three years in jail because of um, Jesus? Are they being tortured? Are they dying for him? Are they being separated from their families? And the pastor had to say, or tears to his eyes, no. 
they're not. And they asked, why? Why is that? He had no answer. So the, the missionary went away and, and prayed about it and saw the Lord on it. And uh, later that night he came back to them and, um, and he put it this way. He said, well, there's two scenarios. So there's this contrast here. There's, there's Christians in the US and Australia and in different places and um, they're just going through the motions. Okay? But then you have Christians here in China like yourself and in other places of the world and they're on fire for the Lord. They're proclaiming Jesus. They're reading their Bible. They have a first for the Bible. They're um, praying just not five or ten minutes but they're praying for hours or days on end. And so there's this contrast there. And so this missionary is saying, well, if the devil saw this, which one would the devil attack? Would he attack the ones who are sleeping, just going through the motions? Or would he attack the ones who are proclaiming Jesus? And so he said, well, maybe, maybe that's what the devil's doing. God is allowing him to attack those who are proclaiming the name of Jesus. Because why bother with these others in Australia and the US? Because they're sleeping. Why wake them up? They're destroying their own faith. Okay? But the Chinese and others there on fire for the Lord. I have to squash them. The devil has to squash them. So I put it to you. Maybe we're asleep and we need to wake up. The interesting thing though is that uh, the devil is stupid. Amen. In um, a very slow learner, God always wins. Praise the Lord. And, uh, in Fiji, there's a song that I remember from a long time ago. And it goes that Jesus is the winner man. And it goes that Satan is the loser man. And uh, it's just a funny, I thought it was a funny song when I first heard it many, many years ago. So I asked you this morning, are you asleep? Okay. You may be a Christian, you may be, maybe there's Christians who aren't coming to church and uh, they're not reading the Bible, we're not praying, we're not outreaching, we're not doing the Great Commission. They don't know the gift. We're too busy. Too busy. Sport. The footy finals are on at the moment. Rugby. Work. Pokemon. Whatever it may be. You know, we're just too busy. And the devil's saying, let them sleep. You know? Why wake them? My work is done here. They're destroying themselves. I don't have to do anything here. Or maybe you are a Christian going to church. Maybe you're part of choir or music or whatever it may be and you're involved or... Maybe you were born into a Christian family. And because you're born into the family, maybe you think you're a Christian. But there's no relationship with Christ. You're just going through the routine. And church is the place of just catching up with friends and, and, and fellowship. And fellowship is good. It's important. But you need to remember why we're here. Or maybe you are on fire for the Lord. Maybe you are awake. Praise the Lord. Keep going. Let me encourage you in that. But we need a constant reminding of that. To keep going, because now is the time we must be awake. Do you remember the first time well, when you heard about the Lord Jesus Christ? When you came to the Lord, do you remember when you were first saved? Remember the fire that you had at that stage, the zeal of God that you had. You wanted to tell everyone. I was like that. You wanted to tell everyone about Jesus. And at times we pushed a bit too hard. That can happen. So there's a bit of caution here. We need to be awake. We need to be alive with Jesus. But there needs to be a bit of maturity there as well. Some calm assurance. We need to learn to be still and know that I am God. And a great example of this just recently was with um, Sister Ella and Pastor Werner. <coughs> Pastor Werner 
though no collapse and uh, um, had to be revived a number of times on the street. And throughout that whole time, Sister Al was very calm. He had this calm assurance uh, on her. In the hospital, uh, with the tubes and everything, and the doctors, everyone around, she had this calm assurance. That's what we need. We need to be awake, we need to have this calm assurance. I remember, um, oh, it must have been 22 years ago or so, um, we're out on my wife's island, just my wife and I, uh, far east of Fiji, and um, transport there is very hard. There's a plane once a week going in and out, and I, I missed the plane. I think I was due back to uni or something like that, and um, my mum and dad, particularly my mum, was very happy, but I wasn't back, and so I had to work out a way to get back to the mainland, and uh, eventually we hired a village boat, and uh, went on a boat trip from that her island to another island where I could get. And, uh, this boat trip took two days in a little village punt, um, not very long, not very wide, and had a couple of motors just for safety. We had no life jackets or anything like that, no radio, um, and uh, so from time to time, as you go on top of the waves, you could see some islands in the distance, kind of thing. And uh, all these New Virginians are very strong, very big, very brave kind of men. You know, and we had a number of young men there with us on the trip, and. Uh, and I asked one of them, um, you know, how do you feel about this? Are you a bit scared? And he said, yes. I went, oh, no. <laughs> That's not uh, very comforting. Um, and then I look across at Cara, and uh, she's asleep. She's asleep in the boat. And uh, all this going on, she's asleep. Now, it's true. My wife can sleep standing up just about. Uh, but she had this calm assurance about it. And I, I remember that to this day. So we need that in our lives. Um, sure we need to be on fire for Jesus Christ. We need to be alive. We need to wake up. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, 14. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you and first, uh, first Thessalonians chapter five. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober. So, why do we need to wake up? Why is that important? What is the urgency? What's the urgency? What? Why? Again, let's go back to our text, verse eleven in Romans. It reads here, uh, and do this knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So salvation in the Bible is used in three different tenses, okay? There's a past tense, you know, where we've been saved, there's a present tense of those who have been saved, and there's a future ten uh, tense as well, and that's what's being used here. This salvation is a future salvation. It's talking about the glorification. It's talking about our final salvation, our redemption of the body. So it's talking about the time of the Lord's return, the day of the Lord. Okay, it's near. Okay, with each passing day, it's coming closer. It's drawing nearer. Compared to two thousand years ago to now, the day of the Lord is coming closer. Eight years ago, when I was first saved, to now, I'm much closer. Than I was eight years ago. Okay, so put it up way, our salvation is nearer, although we already assess it, than when we first believed. He's coming soon. Amen. 
is coming soon. <laughs> and when is he coming? No one knows. And that's why we need to be ready. That's why we need to be awake. Okay? And we look forward to that day, the day of the Lord. But we need to be prepared. What does Jesus say about this day? Um, in Mark uh, chapter 13, it reads in uh, verse 35, Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So no one knows the hour or the day. And when we think of this, we quite often think of uh, uh, the wise and the foolish virgins, don't we? Okay? Um, Matthew 25. So after the other virgins came, uh, sorry, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in the vessels with their lamps. Going down to verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Praise the Lord. So we don't want to miss out when the bridegroom comes and he returns. And I'm happy to admit, I'm not a deep theologian, okay? I like to keep things very simple, alright? Um, and yes, there's, um, there's prophecies, there's signs of the end times, and I like to listen to, to this and to uh, speak, speak about these kind of things. But for me, I just want to be ready, amen? I just want to be ready. I don't want to be in the field one day and the person next to me is gone and I'm still there, okay? You need to wake up. Okay. Don't delay. Now is the time, Christians. We need to do that. And why? Why do we need to do that? There's a battle, okay? There's a battle going on between darkness and light. You're all aware of that, aren't you? There's a battle going on, a spiritual battle going on, okay? And it's not easy, okay? It's not easy. Verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. So there's this concept of darkness and light, of, um, of night and day and evil and good, um, Satan and Jesus, okay? And we want to be in the light. Jesus said in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. And so we want to live in the daytime. The darkness represents opposition to God, okay? Darkness is sin. Okay? And the wages of sin, the wages of sin is death. And it leads to eternity in hell. But the light is life. Amen. And Jesus Christ uh, on the cross gave us the victory over death. He gave us the victory over the devil. And so we can have eternity in heaven with our Saviour through his grace and mercy. Okay? Praise the Lord. Um, in Romans uh, in Romans 8. Uh, verse 1, we read that um, there is no, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to 
this spirit. There's a battle going on. And again, John 3, John 3, uh, 19, it reads, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. You know, when I'm uh, on the streets of Melbourne and Fiji, and I, I, in, in talking about this kind of thing, about darkness and light, I talk about cockroaches. And I say to people, we're just like cockroaches. Have you ever seen a cockroach? You turn on the light, and they scurry away into the darkness. They can't stand the light. And then we're just like that, aren't we? Okay. We can't stand the convincing light of God's truth when it shines upon us. We run away, we hide. Okay. Um, but I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you today, come out of the darkness, cast it off, and into the light of Jesus Christ. Okay. Because when Christ returns, He's not going to be looking for His children in the darkness. He's going to be looking for his children in the light, okay? And um, Paul says in, in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 5, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We don't belong to the darkness, we belong to light. So let's start acting like that, okay? Let's wake up and start acting that way. Amen. But there's a battle going on, like we said, between the darkness and the light. And there's things that we need to do, and one of the things that we need to do is we need to put on the armour of light. And the armour of light, the armour of God, okay? The armour of God. So we need to put on the shield of faith, the armour of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the bow of truth, the, the, the sword of the spirit, and our feet need to be prepared for the gospel of peace. So we need to put on the armour of light, the armour of God. Okay? That's what we need to be doing. Because it's not smooth sailing. We know that as a Christian, don't we? You know, it's not smooth sailing. Um, the battle continues. I just ask our Chinese brothers and sisters, there's a battle going on. Okay? And You've got to understand, it's very clear that darkness and light are not compatible, okay? In the physical sense and in the spiritual sense as well. You can't be in the darkness and have the light. You need to be in the light of Jesus Christ. And we want to be found pure, don't we? We want to be found holy when the light of glory of God shines upon all his people, okay, at the end of this age. So there's some things that we need to do, we need to put off some things and we need to put on some other things. So we need to put on the armour uh, of light and we need to put on Jesus Christ. Okay, Verse uh, 13 and 14 in our text, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, 
but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So we've woken up. Amen? We've woken up. We've moved from darkness to light. How do we now proceed? Well, telling us, Paul's telling us here that we need to walk properly. Okay? So Paul is giving us some advice, advice on how to live the Christian life. Okay? So we need to walk properly as in the day, like in that words, the light. And we need to put off or cast off certain things. How do we walk properly? Well, sometimes it's easy to work out how we don't walk properly. And you think about that, a drunk person, how they walk. They have a wide stance, okay? And they stay back, don't they? Alright? That's how not to walk. Okay? Broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate to everlasting life. Paul talks about lust here. Careful what the eye sees. You know what Jesus said about adultery? He said, whoever looks upon a woman with lust in his eyes has already committed adultery within his heart. David was a man of God. His eyes got him in trouble. It led to adultery, it led to murder, and probably against most of the other commandments as well. So there's this battle between darkness and light. And today, even more so, with iPads and, and, and phone and, and, and um, mobile phones and, and, and different stuff like this, all the social media kind of stuff, we need to be careful what our eyes see. Hate. What did Jesus say about hate? It's the same as murder. So you look at all these things that Paul is listing in, the reverie, the drunkenness, the lewdness, the, the lust, the strife, the envy. What is that all about? Well, it's to me it's telling us that we're not content with what the world provides us. Okay? We have this tendency, don't we, to, to want more. We want bigger, brighter, better things. We're not content. And these other things they lead to trouble. Many churches today, they'll, they'll give you some false promises of being healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yes, the Lord can bless you, but we need to be prepared for a battle, okay? We need to wake up, we need to be in the light, and we need to walk properly. The joy of the Lord, what joy it is when we are walking with the Lord, okay? When we're walking properly with Christ. So we need to behave like Christians. And Romans chapter 13 starts by talking about submitting to authority. Committing to government. And that's an interesting thing in these times with the state government at the moment, but uh, that's for another time. Um, but we need to love one another as well. Verse wants to say that we need to love one another. So in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, we need to be Christ-like. So can I encourage you today to do this, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, but put up again, but there's that word again. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So we need to put on Christ. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you were baptised into Christ, have put on Christ. We need to be clothed in his righteousness. Okay? We need to be willing to deny ourselves and grow in holiness and commitment to the God. When you talk about, think about clothing and, and putting something on, you think about Joseph. He put on his coat, okay, uh, and his father had given him, and it was an outward sign of his father's love for him, okay, and he was blessed. Um, and we put on Christ. We clothe ourselves in Christ. 
And it's our sign that we have this love, that we that Christ has this love for us, and we love Christ. And we'll be blessed as well. But with that, and as Joseph discovered, others despised him because of this. Okay, even his brothers were jealous. Okay, and he went through much hardship. But remember, God always wins. Okay, and eventually they bow down to him uh, in the end. And that's the same with Christ as well. We may go through hardships. When we're alive, when we're awake, like our brothers and sisters in, in China and other places as well, there'll be persecution. But we are alive and we are awake, and God will bless us. God always wins. So I urge you this morning to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Never forget that we are made in His image. There was a missionary in India, and uh, if you know uh, a bit about India, there's caste systems, okay? Caste system, different levels of um, people, and the lowest are the uh, untouchables, or the, the, the Dalits, I think, okay? And to get a picture of this, if you had a, a bowl and your, a dog licked, your, licked the bowl or touched the bowl, you'd, they'll wash the bowl, clean it, and they'll use it again. If one of these untouchables touched the bowl, they'll throw it away, okay? They are lower than dogs. That's how they're considered. And that's how they're brought up their whole life, thinking this way. So this missionary was there and he gave a Bible, the Word of God, and the Bible to one of these Dalits, one of these uh, untouchables. And uh, this uh, man, he went away and, and started reading the Bible. A few minutes later, he came back to the missionary and said, I love this Word. I love this Bible. I love this God. This is my God. And the missionary was puzzled. You've only read it for three minutes or so. How, how can you work that out in that amount of time? And the untouchable said, Listen, it's written right here, Genesis 1, 27, where is it? So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And the untouchable said, I'm made in the image of God. No one's ever told me that. I was never aware that I'm equal to everyone else, that I am made in God's image. Praise the Lord. And so this man, this untouchable, gave his life to the Lord and he led many others to Christ um, in his own caste uh, um, kind of system. He led many others to Christ. So praise the Lord. Never forget, we are made in his image. So let's put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's behave like Christians, okay? And let's, uh, let's be clothed in him, all right? Paul then finishes here in uh, verse 14. And he says that uh, make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. <coughs> what about just a little bit? Just a little bit? That should be okay. No. Make no provisions for the flesh. David, again, what was he doing on the rooftop? He knew what time tape was. He knew what happens around that time. Make no plans for sin, okay? Guard yourself. Guard yourself. Are we perfect? No, okay? There's only one perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. We all fall short of his glory, okay? But we strive for righteousness, okay? We're not slaves to sin anymore, okay? Uh, sin doesn't control, control our lives. It doesn't define, define us, 
okay? Um, but we know there's a casual sin, and we know there's other sin that leads to bondage. God knows this too. He knows it better than us. He knows what this leads to, okay? He hates sin, and he knows that this will lead to a separation from us, okay? So we need to guard ourselves, okay? Make no provisions for the flesh, okay? Don't feed the flesh. Let's feed the spirit. Again, back in Fiji many years ago, um, before I was saved, actually, um, wanted to watch the rugby. And the only thing I was in capital cities too, and the only place I could watch the rugby was in a bar. I had a friend with me, he's a, a ratu and a chief, and uh, I said, oh, okay, and he was a Christian. And I said, well, let's go to the bar and let's watch rugby. So we went into the bar, around us there was drunkenness and revelry and all this kind of stuff going on. And, uh, I had known him for a bit and uh, we'd gone well and joked about things and stuff like that. I didn't really know much about his Christian faith. We were in the bar there watching the rugby on the TV screen and after a couple of minutes he said, sorry, I've got to go. And he virtually ran out of the place. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me all this time. Um, make no provision for sin. Okay? No provision for flesh. So we need to put on Christ daily, okay? We need to read our Bibles, okay? We need to pray and have fellowship as well, yeah? Um, again, can I urge you, we need to be awake. We need to wake up put on Jesus Christ. Is God, is God important to you? Is God important? Is He prominent in your life? Well, if he's prominent in your life, I don't think that's good enough. Because sport's prominent in your life, work is prominent in your life, footy, all these other things are prominent in your life. Jesus Christ, God, needs to be number one in your life. It has to be preeminent in your life. Okay? Number one. So, in the conclusion, we need to submit to his lordship. He is Lord. We can't serve two masters. We need to accept his moral standards, okay? Love one another, but don't forsake his commandments. Don't create a God to suit your own lifestyle. We need to live in constant uh, and consistent fellowship with him. Read the word, pray, have fellowship. We need to be ready. We need to wake up, be ready for his return is soon. And it's getting closer and closer with each passing day. And we need to depend on His grace and mercy. His strength will see us through. He'll see us through the battle between darkness and light. Uh, Philippians 4.13, we all know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we need that first for God. We need a first for hunger for His Word. I remember hearing a... Um, uh, someone talked about um, this pastor was in South Korea, and the church in South Korea are huge, and, and they, uh, they are on fire for the Lord. Many of them there, definitely, they're awake. And this um, American pastor was on a, in a, there was a, a, a prayer conference going on, or a conference going on there. Um, thousands of pastors were, were going there. He was on a bus on his accommodation to the conference center. He was sitting next to a South Korean pastor, and they were talking about things and that, and. Uh, uh, eventually got around to um, reading the Word of God and the um, suffering pastor was very, he could see that he was getting very distraught. He said, I um, have to admit to you, um, I, I haven't been reading uh, my Bible. You know, um, this week, this week I haven't read my Bible. And the American pastor said, oh yeah, I know, times gets busy and 
you know, things like this, you know, it's, it can be difficult at times, you know, to fit in the Word of God and you know, uh, and some I've been reading part of what I haven't read my Bible this week. And again, the American pastor was trying to console me and, and so that's okay and, and that's good. Um, and the South Korean pastor said, but you don't understand. I've only read from Genesis to Matthew so far this week. I haven't read my Bible this week. I haven't read the whole Bible this week. And the American pastor was a bit taken aback. And, uh, um, and the South Korean said to me, well, how about you? How are you going with your reading? And the American pastor said, well, let's not worry about me. Let's concentrate on your problem at the moment, okay? Listen, we need that kind of hunger, don't we, to read the Bible, okay, first after the Word of God. That's an extreme thing, I you know, to read the whole Bible in a week, every week, it's not easy, okay? But we need to get into the Word of God, okay? Uh, that's life, that's light, and that's what we need. So we need to first for God. So in summary, we need to wake up, okay? So we need to wake up. We need to wake up, we need to clean up, and we need to grow up, okay? Wake up, no more slumber, okay? Be alive, do it when? Do it now, okay? Now is the time. Clean up, okay? We need to clean up, okay? There's a battle between darkness and light. We need to get our lives in order, get out of the darkness and into the light of Jesus Christ. Eight years ago, I came out of the darkness and into the light, okay? And I was um, totally against God, okay? Um, I didn't want anything to do with God. I thought my wife was going to uh, Kingsway Christian Fellowship at that time, and the kids were going there, she was taking the kids, and I thought, this is not right, okay? This is not how it should be. These people praising the Lord, that's a bit weird, okay? Um, I don't want anything to do with that. But I would often go and, and, and just sit at the back of the church. So if you're at the back of the church, be careful. Something might happen. Um, so I was at the back of the church there because I wanted to get away as quickly as I could. I didn't want to talk to these people. I didn't want to have anything to do with them. I wanted to escape as soon as I could. Um, and at that particular, this particular day, our Cara's sister, who you will see singing in the video, she was uh, there and she has a beautiful voice. You know, just pumps on your skin as she sings. She was singing, and um, her brother got up and shared the words just to say that we need to stop blaming God. That resonated with me. Um, then Pastor Werner got up and started preaching, and honestly, I can't remember what he was preaching, but whatever it was, I must have been listening because at the end of that service, he, he asked, Does anyone want to come forward and give their lives to the Lord? And I felt this uncontrollable urge to go forward and give my life to the Lord. And so I started to walk up. Uh, so I was doing that. I heard this voice saying, don't do it. Don't do it. So I thought it was a good person. I did 13 line. I was doing, you know, okay things. But I heard this voice saying, don't do it. This will be the end of your life. Okay? All the good things that you do, all the things that you do hidden, that are hidden, they'll be exposed. You won't be able to do that anymore. So there's a battle going on between darkness and light. And even as you're walking up, I praise the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord. And I have a good fact since. So we need to wake up, we need to clean up from darkness to light, and we need to grow up, okay? We need to put off things, okay? We need to put off certain things in our lives that are holding us back, and we need to put on things that will lead us uh, in, lead us to Christ, okay? To so take off those things that lead to sin and put on the Lord Jesus Christ, be clothed 
in him. So can I urge you this morning to wake up, okay? To wake up and be clothed in him. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, I just want to thank you for this word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters here. And I pray, Lord, that uh, your word has gone out, Lord, and uh, it won't come back, Lord. We know that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that uh, your word will be acted upon today, Lord. That it's heard clearly, Lord. And we want to do all this for your glory, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. Pray, Lord, that you will help us, Lord, to wake up, to get out of our slumber, to get out of our routine, come out of the darkness, lead to the light, Lord, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name.